Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Derek Fletcher coming to you live on today with yes and amen. Church. Just want to share a little bit with you on today. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm thankful on today for the word of God and where he has us, which is in his hands and in his arms. We just have need to grab hold of it. And so today we're going to share a little bit in Proverbs 13. Shouldn't be too long of a message, but relevant. And so it says, two sides to life, pick the right side. And so in the course of the, the text, there's comparing and contrasting almost two dipolar or two opposite cases. And so in life on today, um, God told the people of Israel, he said, he said, I've said before you the things that are of the world that are evil and things that are of heaven and that are good and you choose. So we have a choice in the matter. You know, ultimately God calls us we, and we are chosen and we are picked out. And so as we are within that context, glory to God, we, we have the ability to choose who we serve. And God is anxiously awaiting us to make that choice. And he wants us to choose him, but he's given us free will choice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you on today. We thank you for your words, your loving kindness, your tender mercy. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard of all of the great and excellent things that you have stored up for them that love you, those that revere you, those that look to you, those that count on you with reference to your word. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and heard by those that hear it and can receive the fullness thereof and walk in it and benefit from it. And we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. <sighs> Man, last week was a busy week for me. And so let's look at Psalm 1, I mean, Proverbs 13. And so Proverbs 13, like I said, uh, and this is the NIV. I don't, uh, let's change that. I don't, yeah, let's do the King James on that. But it's it's King James version here. You know what? Let's see. Let's find it. I can do the new. Let's do the new King James version. So let's do that. Let's try that one out. It's all about context. And so let's take a look at this. And so it starts out and says, a wise man, a wise son, he's his father's instruction. But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so we see here a a, a comparison of a wise son versus maybe a son that slides a fair and wants to do his own thing. And so it's always good that we follow the father's instruction because in it, there's benefit in it. There's the life truth inside of it. There's wise counsel so that we don't have to deal with things from a hard knocks aspect. But there are some folks 
as the context shares here, that are scoffers because they rebuke any kind of counsel. You got to get some input and some guidance from someone about your life and where you need to be and where you need to go. Ball sense, you know, is better than giving sense in that it is absorbed even further. But in this context, we look at wise instruction. And when you look at wise instruction, you give two sides. If you do this, you're going to eat the fat of the land. If you do that, you're going to continually be a prisoner in the land. You're going to continue to bump your head against obstacles and scenarios because you've making a choice. And so God wants us to choose the wisdom of the world. He wants us to choose the wise things that's referencing him because his place of ordinance, his place of direction, his place of obedience comes with reward and it comes with the ultimate increase. And we walk in efficiency when we follow after the Father's instruction, the supernatural aspect and then the natural aspect of fathers. Amen. Let's look at, at verse number two. It says, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. The context of your mouth here is referencing that you say things that are wise, that you say things that are able to be built on, right? A foolish man that talks, right? And, and there's not fruit gaining that's coming from his mouth. And you can think of a fruit as a food that has many seeds in that one piece of fruit. And so that one seed has the potential to increase, oh, glory, a million times. And so it's nothing wrong with saying things that are fruitful, things that are productive, things that people can grab hold of, amen, to, to build something because we are, have been sanctioned, we have been called according to Genesis uh, on the creation aspect where God says that I'm going to make man in my own image and I'm going to make them, amen, so that they have the ability to go forth and produce after their own kind and to replenish and to subdue the earth. And so here's a skillful way, the fruit of his mouth, glory to God, the productive aspect, good fruit uh, when planted, the seeds are planted into good ground, it'll go forth and produce that which is after its own kind. And so we want fruit that's productive we don't want the opposite. So it says, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence, right? So that means everything, I'm going to take it by force, right? I'm, I'm going to force a person. I'm going to influence a person the wrong way. And that kind of position, that kind of application is not what God has called us to be. He called us to be faithful, 
Amen. And, and so that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen by it. The elders obtained a more excellent report and more excellent mindset toward the things on the earth because we are benefactors of what God says that we should have. And is he has given us the ability to obtain everything that we need upon the earth. And so by faith, amen, we speak those things that be not as though they were glory to God. And it says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. And so knowing at the right time to say the appropriate thing. So out of the mouth, the truth of the intention, the issues of the heart, amen. As we speak, amen, we hear it. And as we hear it, it gets planted into our heart. And there's nothing more powerful than an individual, according to verse three, who guards his mouth, he preserves his life. Amen. We see people getting shot. We see people getting killed. Part of it is because the reference of what they say and how they say it and how they apply the principle is as unto violence as, as verse two kind of alludes to and it points out, right? And so when there's a verbal confrontation, typically if there's someone who has a gun, amen, there's an ex execution of an act of violence with using a gun or there's a, you know, if no one does, there's an execution of violence within fists to cuffs or how have you. But God is not desiring us to be that way. He desires us, amen, to agree with our enemies quickly on the areas that are, are agreeable so that there won't be any contention, so there won't be any craziness among you. And so with that, to a degree, you guard against retaliation. You guard against the crazy wiles of people that are upon the earth. Amen. It says, but the open lips, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And so it's nothing wrong with sharing your position and your part, but there's an area of skill that must take place. It's an area of Holy Ghost influence that you must listen to as you apply what you're going to apply. I can remember um, working in this place and my leader that I had over me, I knew that he was race challenged, uh, referencing people that were different from him from the skin match area because he would never talk directly to me about instances. He would always reference someone else that he identified with from the racial perspective. And that used to always annoy me. And I would tell him, I says, Hey, I'm a, I'm a senior NCO. I said, I, my career field is not like the other person. So they won't be able to guide me and that I was more qualified and eligible to take care. You know, I just need you when I share that with you to support me in it. And, and he had challenges with that. He would always offer up someone who was less of rank um, that was his racial makeup and he would never speak directly to me. Amen. And so 
eventually I kind of got tired of it. And I kind of wrote a letter says, hey, sir, um, I, I, I wish that you would respect me the appropriate way. And so I think when I wrote it, I was kind of upset a little bit. Um, and so he said, how did we go from zero to 60 so fast, right? He's thinking, well, we're cool. Well, we weren't because he didn't treat me as a senior NCO that was relevant. And so I skillfully wrote a letter um, and he couldn't understand it. I, I verbally, there was the context, but I kept my piece and I sent it in a letter. And so I don't know if the letter just got misplaced or whatever, but I had concern and I had to share it. In some cases, we just use wisdom. And I, I felt like I used wisdom from the aspect of what I needed, but it never, we could never get that clarified and resolved. You know, that individual ended up retiring, but I, I often look back and says, hey, did I do the right thing? I didn't verbalize, but I just kind of set up a note. And I think I wrote a book almost on, on how I felt and how I was being treated. And so here, right, you don't ever want to open your lips from the aspect of a destructive position. Always use wisdom. Always depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's what verse 3 is saying in Proverbs. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's implied, right? It's not direct, but it's implied. And so 4, verse 4 says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, right? You have a desire for a car. You have a desire for this, that, and the other thing, but you won't work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, right? And so Genesis tells us that the man shall work by the sweat of his brow, right, to support his house and to support their well-being. If you can't get up and work the desires that's in your heart, you you won't achieve them. You won't have anything to apply to the goals, the visions, and the dreams that God has for you. It says, but the soul of a diligent, of the diligent shall make him rich, right? So if you do your diligence and you out and you're looking, it doesn't matter about the racial makeup race race color gender barrier doesn't matter if you do your due diligence and you overcome the challenges that are before you it says here it says the diligence shall be made rich your life is going to be made rich the things that you desire will overcome you and they will overtake you and so we trust in god and so don't be lazy but be diligent, amen, always abounding, glory to God, in the things of the Lord, always be fruitful, you know, even when I was in the world, I was never lazy, never lazy, was always doing something, always moving toward something, always had a project, always working on my education, never I didn't stay in my room too much. I mean, I had times where I'd go and, you know, in the dorm room or in my apartment. 
but I stay busy all the time. And so God is looking for you to get busy with him, right? You give yourself over to Christ. He's looking for you to prosper and grow and to subdue the earth, right? It says make rich, right? And so here we look at six. It says a righteous man hates lying, right? There's people that practice lying, you know, uh, who can tame the, the, the unruly tongue, but you trust in God, right? And so if you're righteous, you're going to hate lies to the point where you're not going to do it. Hallelujah. But you're going to trust in the Lord God. You're not going to plot up against people and do things that's unethical. God is looking for men and women upon the earth to represent the kingdom of God, to represent him. Hallelujah. It says, but the wicked, but a wicked man is loathsome. Amen. And comes to shame. Amen. He don't care. He's going to lie. It says, but righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. <sighs> well, I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm thankful. Glory to God. I better sit up here because I, I might have had my. I'm thankful. Glory to God that God has called me and set me free by the blood of Jesus. And I don't have to be overthrown by the sin of nature, the nature of sin. I'm up under grace, but Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. He has set me free. Glory to God. And so I can look to the high place. I can look to the hills from whence cometh my help. And I don't have to worry about the lowliness of lying and smooth knees and and trying to impress myself among the area of men. I can go to my father, which is in heaven. I can render myself. I can bow down before him. I can look to him from which cometh all my help. All my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Glory to God. And verse seven says, says there is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing and one who makes himself poor yet has great riches. Now, I'm not telling you that don't have nice things. It's good to have nice things, but don't make that your whole life, right? And, and so you want to be service of service to others. You want to be of service to others. And so you don't want to be so consumed that you miss being a blessing or a blessing coming back to you. And so there is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing. You're working day in, you're working day out, and you don't have a life rendered to your family. Amen. You don't have a place of governance referencing your soul and salvation. The discipline or the acts of discipline are overlooked. Amen. But the man, but the one who makes himself poor yet 
has great riches. Amen. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may use you, right? And, and so you have a balance towards your family and you're trusting in God and you're not worrying and you are not studying the art of fear. Glory to God, because it says perfect love, amen, casts out all fear. The opposite is you're going here, there, everywhere. But God wants us to trust in him. He wants us to rely on him. Glory to God. And so we must proceed by faith. Glory to God. Yet great riches, great riches. Hallelujah. Jesus told him, he says, I already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Right? I'm saying Jesus, but the word and God told them, you choose. So we choose um, the life that is rich in the things of God and he'll, he'll do the rest. Amen. Eight says, the ransom of, of a man's life is his riches. Glory to God. But the poor does not hear rebuke. Amen. The, the, the ransom of a, of a man's life is his riches. And so I, I want to traverse this in the area of ransoms and talk about the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus did, right? And so the things that we have should not take precedence over our relationship with God and our relationship with our family, right? We should trust in God. And that way we're not in a spot where we feel like we are ransomed, amen, and, and that we're depending on riches, Right. If you understand how to become a millionaire, you understand that your father has the cattle on a thousand hills, then that's what you're going to trust. You're going to trust that and you're going to walk glory to God. You're going to walk in his riches. You're going to seek his face and you are going to understand that the fulfillment of your purpose is not the acquisition of things. Amen. And so, but the poor does not hear rebuke. And it brings that up again. And, and so we must get it a understanding that Father God will not hold any good thing from us, referencing keeping us on the path that he called us to the mission statement. And so when we hear, um, we move forward, glory to God. We don't hear rebuke. We hear instruction sets to help us stay on top the head and not beneath glory to God. And so nine says, it says the light of the righteous rejoices so the light of the righteous rejoices, rejoices. We are his workmanship. We have been called by him. 
And as we acknowledge him, his light shines forth within us. His light shines through us and in us, enables us, amen. And so we're able, um, the light of righteous rejoices. And so we rejoice, amen. And we let our light so shine that men and women will see and know that there is a God and we proceed within it. It says, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. And so Jesus is coming back in Revelations. It talks about it. He won't be the swallowing baby. He'll be coming back as king and warrior. He'll be coming back and it says, Lord of lords, king of kings. He'll be coming back so that every knee shall bow. And every tongue will have to shall have to confess that he is Lord. And so if you don't, um, you know, your lamp of the wicked is going to be put out. You're going to hell. Glory to God. You're going to be in the place where there is no rejoicing, where there is no comfort, where there is no spirit of God that's going to flow, where there is nothing but hellfire and burning like sulfur upon your skin. Amen. But the righteous, the light of the righteous is rejoicing. We're going to be in heaven rejoicing. Hallelujah. Day in and day out, every minute from eternity to eternity. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And so where is your reward? Where is your reward? Glory to God. It better be tucked into the things of God and his goodness and his righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so 10 says, it says, by pride comes nothing but strife. My God. It says there's nothing um, in the world except for uh, the pride of the eye and the lust of the flesh. Now, I kind of, I paraphrase that. So there's nothing in the world, but go get this, go get that. We are go-getters up under the ordinances of Jesus Christ and, uh, and what he said. And so we don't let the things of the world enslave us and drive us into an area of pride, amen. And then pride issues strife, amen. But we walk in the humbleness of God. It says, but will the wise, but with the will, the well, excuse me, but with the well advised is wisdom. Man, you got to have some advisors. When stuff is not going right, you got that paracletos speaking things, leading you to your own understanding, not your own, but to the understanding of God. Amen. So the situational awareness of the of the supernatural can avail itself and you can make the right choice that's not worldly. And so God needs us to operate in that vein of well-advised woo, woo, and his wisdom. Glory to God. I'm grateful uh, for the blessing of this lesson on today. Amen. I'm, I'm like, wow. Amen. I said we're going to stop at 12. Hallelujah, but we're going to do a part two and, and do the rest. And so we need to be well advised and walking into the things of God and, and leverage his wisdom 
for us. Amen. And, and, and 11 says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. Wealth gained by dishonesty is going to cause you to be looking. It's going to cause you to be itching when you should be scratching. It's going to cause you to become paranoid. And you're not even going to be able to trust other men and women because you are walking in an area of distrust. You are walking in a place where God has not called you. Hallelujah. So you need to be in the place of honesty, right? You, when you're dishonest and you're servicing business principles as dishonest, people become hurt. You forget what you told yesterday and you got to fabricate another one, another dishonest untruth. And people can't trust you because you aren't predictable. You're not measurable or predictable. But when you are honest, it says, but he who gathers by labor will increase. He who gathers by labor will increase. What you put in, you will get out from the natural, from the supernatural. It's all God's a hundred percent. And when you tithe and when you give out, God blows on that hundred percent and causes a multiplication factor. He causes witty and wise ideas to be manifest so that we can go forward so that we can press into the things of God so that we can labor and our labor labor be fruitful and it will multiply like the oranges on an orange tree or apple on an apple tree. There's multiple potential for increase and in, in income and multiplication. But if the seed is not, not treated well or in a mode of dishonesty is not planted appropriately, it's not going to multiply any beneficial thing for the outcome of the truth right? It's going to diminish glory to God. But he who gathers by labor will increase. He who works honestly, diligently, and we can see examples of that in Joseph. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to stop here at 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Glory to God. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Amen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The delay in a delivery makes the heart sick, but the manifestation comes. Amen. The desire comes if it is a tree of life. When but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. The manifestation of the things of God. Amen. And so we have been counted. We have been reformed. We have been redeemed. We have been cycled to the things of God. It says, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life.
the delivery of desire of a house being paid off, driving the car that you have declared that you wanted, asking God for the children that you desire, and he delivers it. It says, it, the, but when the desire comes, right? You've been waiting, you've prayed, you know, it's almost like a, a dream or a hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's delayed. Oh, glory to God. But when you deliver, even to your children, right? They're asking, he says, hey, not now. You know, the hope delayed, it makes the heart sick. And so God looks upon the instance of your heart and of the truth. It says, but when the desire comes, it's like the tree of life. Amen. The tree of life. Hallelujah. Which has healing. It has ultimate joy and happiness. It has peace forever. It has the truth and the trust that we lean on God that no other place or no other person can help us out and urge us through that point or that place. It is the ultimate delivery of the desire that is within our heart. And I just truly believe, we're going to stop here at 12. I truly believe that God looks upon the heart. And as we exercise through and navigate through life's intentions, uh, we have a alignment in Jesus Christ. And when we align ourselves in him, glory to God, there's nothing that God won't withhold from us as we are honest and as we are true. <sighs> glory to God. So we thank God on today. We thank God that all of our riches and all the things that God has stored up for us. Amen. But he is looking for us to trust him. He's looking for us to look to him. Hallelujah. So there's two sides to life. Pick the right side. Pick the side where you operate in honest and in jest. Pick the sides where you go forth and you're diligent in the things of God. There's no other way to be but by that way. Hallelujah. God will deliver. God will set free. God will give you the desires, the truth of desires of your heart. There's no man or woman that can deliver like the things of God. Hallelujah. That's the word on today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there's two sides to life and we pick the right side or the right one, the right choice. We believe that we receive the fullness of the inheritance in you, that we don't look to the left or we don't look to the right, but in all our ways, we acknowledge you. In all our ways, we look to you, Father, and we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. There's no one else but you and like you. So we trust you. We declare salvation. We declare that someone heard this word and they compared and contrast the two opposite sides and says, you know what? I'm going to walk after the right choice of what God has for me. 
and what is desired. So we thank God for today. We glorify him and we bless him. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. Glory to his name. Be blessed, Pastor Derek Fletcher, on today. Hallelujah.